Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts out there. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor, but still want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, to name a few. Perfect for enjoying with family or friends and taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 1940, Lifestyle for One, by Colin Wright of exilelifestyle.com. And I'm Justin Mollick, here every single day of the year, including weekends and holidays, bringing some positive messages to you to brighten your day, covering personal development or self-help, how to live a better life, happiness, a lot more. It's always with permission from the authors or websites. Just hit the subscribe or follow button for this show wherever you get your audio and you'll get new episodes for free. Today's post is from Colin Wright, so with that, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. Lifestyle for One by Colin Wright of exilelifestyle.com My apartment smells of sautéed onions and fresh minced garlic. I love the smell. Not everyone would, but I do. I also tend to fill my space with the fragrance of curries and peppers, or on the other end of the olfactory flavor wheel, hot oats and cinnamon. I cook these things liberally, gleefully glazing my meals with my preferred flavors throughout the day. Sometimes my preparing and eating routine falls roughly into line with what might be considered standard dining habits, but very often they're more in lockstep with the work I'm doing or the book I'm reading. I'll take a break from editing my podcast to start boiling potatoes. I'll step away from an engrossing novel to do the preliminary washing and slicing and seasoning required for the dish I'll be making in a few hours when I'm hungry. The smells associated with my meals align with my preferences, and so does the method of consumption. I typically read a book or listen to a podcast or watch something on Netflix while eating. I consume while I consume. And in both cases, as intentionally as possible. I have a lot of pop culture catching up to do. I love that my meals are boring rather than social. I love that I have the opportunity to pace my day based on what I want to accomplish. I love that my space, my apartment, is custom fitted for me and the work I do and the lifestyle I live rather than for guests I might someday have or someone else's ideas of what a space should look like and contain. It sounds horribly antisocial, I know, but that's kind of a loaded term, isn't it? Antisocial? It implies that social is what we should aspire to be, while quite often social gets in the way of what we really want to accomplish. Why not pro-self, individual-focused, me-shaped? There are immense benefits of having a good group of friends, people you can reach out to when you want a conversation and a beer, people you can discuss heady topics with when you're feeling intellectually stopped up, folks who help you track time and make memories, sometimes by just being there but there are aspects of one's development that can actually be stunted by an overfocus on socializing. Not being able to be alone and to not just survive, but thrive as an individual 
seems like a limiting trait. We're all on a spectrum with this, of course, but it's difficult to know where you actually belong until you've pushed your boundaries in both directions. Felt around for extremes so that you can more easily guide yourself to a healthy balance point. Part of the inherent challenge in a lifestyle of travel for me has been putting myself out there into the world at the mercy of others, nothing fully within my control. It's a social extreme and one I'm glad I've experienced and I'm glad I will continue to experience. I've become good at it. That said, I don't know that I'm ever so tired as I am after an extended trip during which I have little privacy and am incentivized by the situation to seek out new conversations and relationships to get the most out of my surroundings. Again, this is a super valuable experience and there are immense benefits to such an undertaking, but the loss of me time, internal time, mind time can be suffocating. When I try to explain why I prefer to have a great deal of time alone, I often say that when I'm around people all day, every day, I feel like I can't catch my breath, but with my thoughts. It's like I'm mentally huffing and puffing, grasping and trying to hold on to the ideas and feelings and assessments I know are there, but which I can only seem to glimpse. It's like I can never quite manage to take the deep, satiating mind breath I crave. There's an immense liberty in living alone, in eating alone, in going to movies alone, or having a coffee alone. It's also quite a privilege. In many places around the world, and for many people in those places, it's simply not a viable economic option to have one's own space, one's own kitchen, one's own time to sit with a coffee and a book. I treasure that I'm able to do this. I also worry. I worry that I'll push too far to one extreme or the other that I'll injure existing relationships or miss out on potential new ones by cloistering myself too enthusiastically. I worry that at some point, my me-shaped life will fail to sync with the world outside and the mental adapters I've always used to bridge the gap will no longer allow me to transmit and traverse between them. I worry that I'll love it too much, that this focus will put other things, potentially valuable things, out of focus to the point that I can no longer remember why I even consider them important. I worry that I'll unintentionally limit myself while trying to expand my internal horizons. After years of bending on absolutely everything, choosing when and where and what you eat can be a revelation. A lifestyle for one means having that feeling, but for everything. Building a life that's U-shaped can feel like putting on clothes that fit after years of walking around wearing a sleeping bag. But it's important to maintain malleability and to keep experimenting with yourself, your life, and with others. Life can be a balancing act, perhaps especially when it's seemingly ideal. You just listened to the post titled Lifestyle for One by Colin Wright of exilelifestyle.com. Thank you to Colin. If you're an introvert like me, you could probably relate big time. Or if you're an extrovert, I'm sure that it still makes sense. But in either case, I'm glad that at the end, he mentioned it is a balancing act because that's really what it's all about, just like everything in life. The second we get obsessive, it becomes unhealthy. When we think one way is the ideal, that's unhealthy. So if we're always wanting to be alone or always wanting to be around people, it's probably something there worth looking into. As to why that's the case and what we can do to be more in that middle path where you can bounce back and forth and get the best of both worlds. So maybe consider today where you're at with that 
If you need more time for solitude or with everything going on in the world, you need to find more ways to connect, who knows? I can see it both ways and during this pandemic. Whatever the case, I definitely think it's important to take note. Something to think about. Thank you for being here, connecting with me, even on the weekends if you're listening in real time. And thank you for following or subscribing to the show and sharing it with others. It's thanks to you that this podcast can keep going. Have a great rest of your day. I'll be back tomorrow, which is Easter Sunday, and where your optimal life awaits.